find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Bad Axe is brought to you by the Podmoth Media Network. Check out Podmoth for more great podcasts. You can support the show and get extra bonus content over at patreon.com backslash badaxpod. There's a link in our show notes. Membership started at a dollar. And we have a lot of bonus episodes over there, including full-length episodes, mini-episodes. We do stuff every month. We are really good about doing that. So if you want to have some more content, head over there to the Patreon. Also, you can support the show for free by leaving us a positive review and by telling a friend about us. Today, we don't exactly have a case because... Again, I've been piled up with things over here. And so we decided to do something really special that I think some people are going to like even more than having a special case today. There will be crime. There will be dumbassery. And so I have titled this particular episode as Lucky to be Alive, Personal Tales of Crime and Dumbassery. (laughs) It's mostly going to be the latter, but I do have one story that is definitely a crime that I think is really compelling that people are going to be interested in. So today we are going to be telling you some stories from our past that basically indicate that we are both incredibly, incredibly lucky that we have not been crime victims. Yep, that's right. Because I personally have done so many stupid things that could have ended me murdered i think it's partially something that we all do and maybe just let's talk about that today yeah i mean i'm sure everybody if they really think about it has Mm -hmm. had moments where you look back and you're like wow what was i thinking with that yeah like as a special bonus one i'm not going to tell a whole story about but there was one incident where i was with an ex when i was 19 years old and we were in a store looking around for some products and this there was a couple of ladies that were going around approaching everyone asking for a ride and they were being kind of sketchy but as a 19 year old I was like I just want to help these people right so we agreed to give them this ride and people were definitely having a reaction to it and I thought wow these people are so jaded that they don't want to help this lady and when we got to the car the lady one of the ladies who was supposed to be blind But later on, we noticed some inconsistencies with that where it was obvious that she could see, fell on me. And the part of the reason why she fell on me is because I, at the time, had played tennis. I played tennis in high school, and I was never good at it. I'm just very clumsy and non-athletic, but I'm also very determined. And so I did play tennis. I just sucked. And so I still have my tennis gear in the car because even though I was 19... I was still actively playing tennis here and there, and I kept my gear on me because I would go meet up with people to go play tennis. And so when she saw that I had a tennis racket with me in the car, she was like, oh, you know, are you an athlete? And I told her that I played tennis 
and my ex would sometimes play with me too. And that's when she fell into me. Well, at the time, I did work out pretty consistently, even though I was never like super athletic looking. I just don't have a body that tends to look that way. And I didn't flinch. Like, I just was kind of like, oh, like, are you okay? And I think that might have actually been what saved us because we ended up having them, they changed their mind about where they wanted to go a couple of times and then eventually just had us let them off somewhere where they could just go back in and ask for rides again. Yeah. And they did ask us for some money for like gas for a car that we didn't know where that was. And we didn't have any cash because we were, you know, teenagers and we didn't have money. (laughs) Yeah. But it was a really scary experience afterwards because so many weird things happened in the car and like they kept asking us to go to other places. Yeah, that's and it, that's sketchy. Yeah, but they wouldn't yeah. get out and like one of them kept like trying to like text something on her phone. And so I think they were trying to lead us into a trap and just change their mind because of the fact that a we told them we were we didn't have any cash because we were young and broke college students and also because I had that that tennis racket and I didn't like flinch when she fell on me. Yeah. But that's like a short story. That's not even part of what we're going to talk about. Just like a little tantalizing taste of one thing that I did that ended up being kind of a dumb decision. All right. All right. So we're going to start with my ultimate favorite story to tell people. It is one of the most hysterical things that has ever happened to me. But it is also one of the, like, in the moment, sad slash scary slash heartbreaking things if that makes sense yeah okay so aaron knows the story but you guys don't so i'm going to tell it to you so before i met aaron i met aaron in october of 2016 yep before i met him i had been dating a lot because i was on basically all of the dating sites and i always have been like like pretty curvy in my figure like i'm a little bit more fuller figured but at the time i was like skinny curvy i don't know if that makes sense like i wasn't skinny that's not the right word but essentially i some people might call it like small fat i guess but essentially between like being regular sized and being plus sized is kind of where i was at the time and also i have kind of a fun personality and so i was getting like so many dudes and ladies because i'm bi so i was just kind of playing the field there going on lots of dates having lots of fun so in June 2016, I had had this one weekend where we were doing Comic Palooza, and I had gone the first day with my friend, and then the second two days I went on dates. Those two dates weren't working out for me, but I had a date on the Sunday night to go to a very romantic dinner at an Italian restaurant. Now, the guy that I was going out with, who we're going to refer to in this story as Kevin, not his real name, but I feel like Kevin is a good name to call him. So this guy, Kevin, and I were going to go to this romantic dinner at an Italian restaurant. At the time, we had been talking for a couple of weeks. And Kevin works in a job. I don't know if I should say exactly what he does. So that's kind of a secret, I guess. But he works at NASA, but not like at a really cool science NASA job, at a regular admin type NASA job. I've dated a couple of guys at NASA, so I feel like I need to specify which NASA guy this was. (laughs) So, so, and we're we're in Houston, obviously, so there's, like, a lot of people that work at NASA here. Yeah. It is not that hard to meet people from NASA. That's true. So, 
this guy, Kevin and I had been talking and he worked overnights. And so we would like have these really long conversations and I'm kind of a night owl. It was summertime and I had been teaching. And so I was mostly off during the summer. So I had a lot of time to stay up and talk to this guy. And everything seemed to be going perfectly. Like he was a little younger than I was, but he was a virgin, even though he was in his 20s, which like, I'm not judging people. Good job, I guess, of not having sex or bad job of not having sex. I don't know. Like, however you feel about it. Yeah. So he was really keen on talking about how can we get from being a virgin to not being a virgin because apparently this was hard for him. And I never had that problem myself. So I was like, cool. Yeah. Like we, I'm definitely, you know, let's talk about this or whatever. So we have this romantic Italian restaurant date and I go there. And before this, I had kind of let him know, you know, I'm have a curvier figure. Not everyone's into that. I'm sure everyone out there who's listening, all the ladies who are not like obviously thin, I'm sure have had this experience of you really should tell the guy beforehand that you're not going to be super thin because some people act like total assholes when they realize that you have like any fat on your body. So I post accurate pictures and I would tell them like, Hey, this is how around how much I weigh. Like this is about what I look like. And if you're not into that, I get it. Please just don't make this a thing. So he's like, Oh no, I love curvy girls. And I'm so into Rubenesque art. Yeah. Yeah. Rubenesque art is not a phrase you probably hear very often. No. Well, he was like into art. Yeah. I and got so you. he's like, Oh, that's my favorite kind of art. And I know that's the kind of woman I'm into. And so this is going to be great for me. So I go and the date was perfection. We had such a good first date, y'all. We had a great conversation. He was like all into me. I was looking cute. He was looking cute. It was great. He had a sweater vest on and like I'm into that kind of thing. Yes, you are. I was I was feeling it, y'all. So we, we actually went to his car afterwards and we talked forever and like flirted. Now let him see my booze because I'm kind of like that, just being real. And so we're feeling it. We're like really making this connection. So we immediately make plans for a second date. And the next day I drive out to where he lives, which is in Laporte. And so it was about an hour drive for me because I lived a little bit closer to the city than him. So I drive out to Laporte and things started to get weird pretty much immediately he was being kind of sketched out and his apartment was a townhouse he had he had purchased his townhouse himself with his parents help and his mom had like decorated it and it was a very like movie set if that makes sense as an example pretty close inside the door his favorite movie or and play really is beauty and the beast And he had a small, like, table, like the one in the movie, like, almost the exact same small table with a rose under one of those glass, like, covers, exactly like the movie. Wow. Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of weird. That is kind of weird. I mean, I'm just saying, like, at the time I was like, cool, because I'm not that judgy, but I've had time to judge it later, and I believe that was weird. Yeah. I mean, it could be cool or it could be weird depending on context. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But he had, like, his whole house was, like, really decorated like that. Like, she had really, it, like, looked nice, but it was also kind of not what I was used to at the time. Yeah. But I was, you know, being all complimentary and stuff, but he was being, like, weird. So, pretty much immediately, we start, like, fooling around because that's just kind of where it went. 
but he was having some mega troubles. And as we start trying to like get, you know, coupley, he was having some penis problems. And so I was like, okay, we just won't do that. And we're going to, we can watch a movie. Like we can just have food like we were talking about. And he was being like kind of uncomfortable about it. Like, all down himself and mopey and things like that. And, you know, as a, I'm not the kind of girl that criticizes guys for stuff like that. And so I was encouraging him and like being really chill about it because honestly, I mean, it's not like I was like, that was the only thing I wanted to do that day. Like obviously having a nice cuddle time watching a movie is just as fun of a date. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. So we ended up getting to the point where just because he was so like down himself about it and just kind of, more like, this is what I wanted to do, though, today. Like, I wanted to have sex, which I'm kind of embarrassed, I guess, telling the world about this. But I was totally going to do that with him. And so I was like, let's, we can try again. Like, I'm, this is good for me or whatever. So we try having sex a second time. And it doesn't work out. And so I'm like, that's fine. Why don't we just kind of, like, relax the rest of the evening? So we had this, like, kind of nice relaxy time where I thought it was going well. Like massages were exchanged and you know we chilled on the couch kind of thing and aside from the fact that I probably shouldn't gone to his house on our second date because that's probably a bad choice especially because absolutely no one in my life knew where I was yeah not one single person and I was an hour out of town but regardless other than that it seemed like things had gone well and I left feeling good about stuff So I'm driving home. I'm feeling elated because I'm like, oh, we have this great connection. Like, he's so cute. He really likes me. Everything's going great. We had made plans to have a third date as like before I left. I'm like, we're going to have a third date. This is great. I get a text message on the drive home that he doesn't think that that we're going to work out because I'm too fat. And he tells me that I was too fat and that's why his penis wouldn't work. That is some bullshit. Yeah, which is so weird because I totally believed it. Like, I was like, it was just weird because I also am way, I was way thinner than I am now. Like, I think I weigh like 80 pounds more than I did at the time. Right now, like, I really wasn't even, I was like barely like chubby. And so for him to be like, it's your fault because you're too fat. Is total bullshit. And I told, but I believed him, which is, the reason why I say it was weird, I keep coming back to this, is that. Like, I have experienced in my life that dudes are kind of, kind of like, perverts sometimes. Like, just being real. Like, most dudes who don't have a reason to not get with you, like, if they're single and are they're just bad, <laughs> they're just cheaters, that too, they will, like, pretty much get with anybody that is willing to have sex with them. <laughs> and so the idea that, like, somehow I was just, like, aesthetically so displeasing that it was my fault that his dick was limp. Like, that obviously, I don't think that that's how that works. But whatever. At the time, I was like, oh, my God, I'm horrible. I'm disgusting. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me or whatever. So I'm crying and hysterical and texting all my friends that I'm a troll or whatever. So my dumb ass continues to talk to him because he's like, I don't want to give up on our relationship because we have such a good connection. And also, and I don't know if we should just be friends or if we should keep dating. Maybe this is a problem we can work through. Cause again, I don't know why I'm entertaining this, but I guess I have low self-esteem at the time. And I'm like, yes, maybe we can still be together. We can totally get over this together. We literally have been talking for like two weeks 
this is definitely a situation where I should have just cut and run. But instead, I'm just like, no, we can totally work this out. So the next day, I agree that I'm going to drive to his house after my summer school gig that I was doing. And we're going to, again, a whole hour drive after my summer school gig so that we can try to work this out for some reason. So I drive out there and I park and I walk to the door and I open the door. Well, he opens the door and he is holding two ginormous bouquets of flowers. Oh, wow. And I'm like, oh, my God how sweet like he feels so bad that he got me two giant bouquets of flowers this is amazing yeah and then as i'm going to take the flowers he starts shutting the door behind himself and he tells me that there is a graveyard right by his street where he lives on like at the end of the street there's a graveyard and we are going to take the flowers to the graveyard Because he thinks that there's a man that his parents knew that had a good influence on him, that he felt like gave him good advice when this man was alive, that he thinks this man is buried in that graveyard, and we're going to go visit the grave and put the flowers on it, and he feels like visiting the grave will somehow help him have clarity about this situation. Wow. I mean, just wow. Yeah, and so we each have a bouquet of flowers, in case you're wondering, to go to put on this grave. Now, a normal person would have noped out of that. Yeah. But did I nope out of it? Mm -mm. No. My idiot ass took the flowers and walked with him to this graveyard. So now I'm in a graveyard with a crying man who thinks that I'm too fat to be with him, but also somehow for some reason wants to be with me. And I'm walking around this graveyard with a bouquet of flowers looking for a grave. Now, I don't know this person. I don't know his name, the guy who was deceased. Yeah. I don't, I'm confused. I don't understand why we're in a graveyard, how this graveyard is connected to his past, because he just thinks it's this graveyard. Long story short, we walked around this graveyard for a very long time. We looked at every single one of those graves. Oh, dang. He was not there. Oh, man, that's even worse. There was no grave, y'all. Yeah, that... Is definitely something out of a true crime story. Yeah. So then he sits on a bench because like one of the graves had a bench and starts having a complete meltdown. And I'm trying to comfort him when I'm literally the one on this crazy date. And like, I am, I don't know what to do at this point. Right. Yeah. Like I have, I just can't decide what to do. And so I'm holding these flowers. I'm feeling like an idiot. And I'm also still sad because for some reason I wanted to date this idiot. So we end up going back to his townhouse and he's like, we need to regroup. I don't know what to do. And he's like, I'm hungry. Why don't I make us something to eat? So he had some spinach spankapitas in the freezer, like from Trader Joe's, which at the time I did not know I was allergic to gluten yet. So he heats up these spinach spankapitas and I think there were like eight, but we each got to eat two. He literally threw away the other four and I was hungry, y'all. Wait, why did he throw them away? Because I guess he decided that was enough food. Remember, he was worried that I was too fat. Yeah, yeah, this guy was a troll. Yeah, so I was literally watching them go in the trash can like, I'm hungry. Yeah, that's some serious bullshit. I mean, not only is it wasteful, it's also rude. Yeah, and also I'm not going to ask for more because he's already told me I'm too much of a chonk chonk. So <laughs> Yeah, which is also bullshit. I mean, honestly, this this guy is like the stupidest dude on earth. Like, my wife is beautiful and wonderful oh my gosh and literally the best person i'm not trying to like 
get sympathy. I'm not. I'm just trying to brag. Okay. Thank you, Aaron. (laughs) But also, I like to look back at this moment and ask myself, why did I go back into the house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, legit. Like, like in a true crime story, this is the part where the murder happens. Yeah. Well, actually, this is one of many points where the murder could have happened. I know, right? Because, like, I feel like in, like, a horror movie, like, as soon as you, like, walk through the graveyard and you get to the last grave and there's nobody there that's like the part in a slasher flick where you turn around uh-huh. and he's got like a giant knife yeah and he's like now it's your grave or something whatever or something s- along those lines yeah something witty that a that a clever person would come up with <laughs> yeah oh i forgot to tell you part of it so as we were walking to the graveyard we passed a neighbor who tried to wave at us and then she was like how are y'all kids doing or whatever and he said just paying our respects like all gravely though he's like just paying our respects and like hold it like showed her the flowers and she was like okay and like really just got out of there <laughs> and yeah so that was also a weird moment so we went inside we go to the spankapinas and finally i get to leave it's really sad we're all crying and stuff so i go home i'm still feeling down because I, I, th- I think at this point we had decided to be friends and i don't know why i was still talking to this man so i continued talking to him for a little while after this and we were Facebook friends because we had friended each other during all the talking. And he posted on Facebook this how he like broke someone's heart by rejecting them. And he can't help who he's attracted to. And he's had all these revelations about himself. Because for some reason during this discussion, he had decided that he was only attracted to like very skinny women. And so he has this like big long post about how he hurt, broke someone's heart and how he can't help who he's just, uh, attracted to and how he's had all these revelations about himself. And then all of his friends thought that he was coming out as gay. And they're like, we've known for a long time and things like that. Yeah. And that's when I realized that he's gay. <laughs> yeah. And I, he did not understand like why people thought that. But afterwards, like all the pieces started to pe- put together. And I was like, oh, I bet you that's what it is. He probably is gay and doesn't know it. Yeah. And just, and just, like, that's why he was, like, so... Because he was, like, very offended by my, like, a lot of the, the femaleness of my body. Like, the female parts, you know? And so I really think that might have been what happened. But regardless, eventually we stopped being friends. And then, later on, after Aaron and I were already together, I, we ran into him at an art thing. And I, like, I did not say anything to him, but I, I could... I know what he looks like. And so, and plus he looked at me like, oh, my God, a ghost. <laughs> and... He was all by himself. He didn't even have a friend. And oh, like that's sad. Okay, but don't feel sorry for him. He took me to a graveyard. Yeah, this guy's a and troll. called me fat. That's true. This guy's the worst. That's why he doesn't have no friends. That's true. Anyway, and I remember <laughs> thinking that, haha. Like, I have a dude. Damn and, right you do. And you are still by yourself because you are mean to people. That's right. He he was, and that's not at all cool. And frankly, he deserves what he got. Yeah. I mean, I hope he figured his shit out because I'm a nice guy and I want the best for people. But on the other hand, screw that guy. Anybody that's rude to my wife sucks. So at first I was really sad about this. There's kind of a moral to the story. At first I was really sad about this. And it really hurt my feelings because I was still like down on myself and like, you know, trying to do extreme diets and whatnot for a while, which don't work, by the way. I used to have an eating disorder, but it's like, that's bad. So... What ended up happening now, though, is that it's hysterical. And I think it took me a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, I just realized how ridiculous this was and how it's actually really funny. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, like at the moment, I was afraid. There were definitely times when I was like, am I getting murdered? 
I feel like I didn't play that up as much as I had planned to, but like promise, especially when we were in the graveyard, I was like, oh my God, I am going to get murdered. This is how I get murdered. I've got to stop going to these guys' houses. I did not stop going to their houses, just spoilers. But I really, really, really thought for a moment that I was about to get murdered. Yeah. And then to like also have the, just the insults. And then one day to just realize, oh my God, that guy is ridiculous. Yeah, he really that is. That is hilarious yeah. that I went to this graveyard and the flowers, just just like the emotion of seeing the flowers and thinking, oh my God, he got me flowers. And then finding out what the flowers were for. Yeah, that like emotional whiplash. Yes. Yeah. Also, I still got the flowers. He gave me them on the way out. Oh, well, that's good at least. Since we couldn't take him to the graves. He was like, you can just have these. And I was like, cool, thank you. And then later on, I was like, now have your don't cemetery tell him flowers. thank you. Now I've got <laughs> cemetery flowers, you weirdo. Anyway, so that was my first one. I know it's not like a real crime, but I'm saving the crime. So, Aaron, I understand that you have some other different uh, stories of times that you oopsied and almost died. Yes. So, I'm going to tell some stories about unsafe decisions that I have made. So, I, um, I have ADHD and I oftentimes, even throughout, throughout my life, I enjoy walking around. I mean, like, I'll pace around when I eat. I pace around when I want to think. I go on walks to clear my head. You know, I used to be a jogger, you know, which was also good for clearing my head. You know, like moving is a thing that helps my brain, right? And so Q 2013, 2014-ish, uh, around that time, I was just having a lot of insomnia. Not like actual insomnia where you can't sleep at all, but just... really having a lot of trouble sleeping like I would maybe go to sleep and then wake up a lot and then not be able to go back to bed or just not be able to get to sleep I was having a lot of trouble with this and one of the ways that I was going was trying to work through that was walking as as I do right but unfortunately there were some parts of my there were some safety related parts of my brain that really just weren't clicking you know what I mean like I wasn't really thinking in like a Am I being safe mindset? So for there, there are a few incidents that stand out as particularly unsafe. I'm going to start with the first one because I feel like it had maybe a little bit of funniness. Because in this one, I was just walking around my apartment complex. So my apartment complex at the time was one of those where, like, your door opens and you're outside. You know, it's because, so like, it's not like a building like where you're, you walk around in hallways. It's like your door opens to a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you... So I was like walking around the parking lot because it's kind of a big complex, you know, so I'm like walking around in the parking lot. But I had basically I gotten home from work. And so like I had taken off my overshirt and I just had like on like a white undershirt, like a white T-shirt, you know, and then I had like khaki pants like you would wear to work. And then I was barefoot because I took off my socks and my shoes. And so I'm literally walking around white T-shirt, khakis, barefoot, listening to my iPod because it's 2013 and I'm jamming with an iPod. Although if I'm being real, I still have. I still have a knockoff iPod that I listen to because I'm I'm a dinosaur. <laughs> but anyway, this is me. And I'm just walking around the apartment complex. And it's like, I don't know, 11, 12 at night, right? And while I'm, I'm doing this walk, I mean, I'm probably making like a second lap. And a cop in like a cop car like drives by, like, like drives by in the parking lot. And he like stops me and he's like, Hey man, what are you doing? <laughs> and I explained that I'm just like 
walking around listening to some music and that I live here. And he looks at me like, right. And he's like, maybe you ought to go home. <laughs> and I'm like, unfortunately, that was where it ended. I, I mean, I guess there's something to be said for white privilege, maybe. I don't know if maybe <laughs> it, hopefully it wouldn't have gone badly. I mean, he was he seemed like a nice enough dude, but I like looking back on it I can definitely tell why the cop was sketched out but like in the moment yeah like this just kind of gives you like like an idea of how oblivious I was like in the moment I'm like what why did he stop me like what what did he see that was so sketchy you know I'm like this is a normal thing you know for a dude to be walking around in the middle of the night barefoot in you know like half dressed right mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but yeah looking back on it I can see that like this was not my best decision and like e- there's a bunch of people in that apartment complex and like somebody could have easily just been there and just been like yoink or stab there you know? has been a moita yeah yeah and so following up on this a few other instances where i was on state right so i would also go walking around in that neighborhood and uh-huh. on one occasion i was having i don't know if this was insomnia so much as this was just like having like a mental health oopsie daisy where I was having like some <laughs> some really bad depression and I was really feeling down about myself so again I'm like kind of dressed in like you know similar similar attire mm-hmm. iPod is in I may have had shoes on in this one I don't <laughs> I like how you don't know that you had shoes on it happened enough that you were just outside with those shoes on yeah Oh, yeah. This and I, I feel like there times. are people that, like, probably live in, like, the country. They're like, what do you mean? I walk around with those shoes on all the time. Not in Houston. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was out in, like, this, the, I was out in, like, one of the suburbs of Houston. But, like, it's still big city enough that, like, you don't want to be, like. No. Yeah. It, you're not, There's, like, like, needles sometimes or condoms and oh, yeah. broken glass. And not yeah. that I'm hating on Houston. Like, Houston's great. <laughs> it is. But, but, like, I mean, it's just any city you're going to have. Yeah, you got to be safe about it yeah for yeah. real and i was not but yeah <laughs> so there was in this in this subdivision there was a, a um a playground like like you'd have oh, little kids oh no, aaron and, no oh yeah oh yeah i went into the playground and i am playing in the playground like like you know climbing on the little slides i'm oh, like sweetie. and like i wind up like sitting in a swing and i'm like swinging myself and feeling sorry for myself yeah. and just really being sad oh the swing sounds fun yeah it was fun and like in the moment i'm just like in that moment like being sad <laughs> as yeah. as you do and i'm not paying any attention to my surroundings i'm not thinking about <laughs> like how this could go bad you know and like Fortunately, it worked out for me, but like, I'm sure there are many a true crime story that wind up with that, that you know, where this ends up with, a, you know, body like turning up in a ditch and they find out, hey, he was like alone in a parking, you know, in a playground yeah. and somebody like, you know, just or happened the upon cops him. get called again. <laughs> that yeah. same cop shows up like, yeah. really? <laughs> no, right. <laughs> we talked about this. Yeah. What are you doing? Legit. Like that could very, yes. very easily have happened. And... Uh, so one of the, I think the last, maybe not the last one, but like the the other one that really stood out to me was there was a highway, like a major interstate that was within walking distance of my apartment. Okay. Uh Like easy walking distance, like maybe five, maybe Was it 45 or 59? 45. Okay. So highway 45. It's 45 and also 
45 is like the murderiest one. Yeah, it's 45. I, I, was, I was thinking about whether I wanted to say the other highway that's in that area because it kind of tells where I used to live, but I don't live there anymore anyway. So yeah. it's basically 45 and the Hardy Toll Road, um, which is also a big highway. Not as big as 45, but it's still yeah. like a big and toll road. And people do not know how to drive on 45. Oh, yeah. Like, they are so bad at it. Yeah. Yes. So, like, this is another place where, like, it's, like, basically my um, my neighborhood, like, it, like the way you would walk to it is you would walk to an overpass. So, like, my like the road that went past my apartment complex, if you walk on it, it just turns into an overpass, and then there's more neighborhood on the other side of the highways. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would – this happened a lot. I would very frequently go and walk to the other side of that neighborhood and, like, mm-hmm. walk across the overpass, right? Yeah. And, like, again – barefoot like oh, not sweetie. not fully clothed which obviously is dangerous just from like a debris or a oh, yeah. garbage perspective because like you're on a overpass for yeah. crying out loud but like i mean a lot of times i would just sit there and like there wasn't like a guard route. i would just sit there and like look out at the highway and just watch the, the cars go by at, like oh. 3 a.m like this was a thing that happened more than and once some murderer could just push you off oh yeah they could have pushed me off and no one would have ever or known you could have gotten arrested or fallen yeah all of those things were possible yeah i feel like yeah. this is such a dude thing because like i would <laughs> never go out at like 3 a.m because like at a certain point, like we have, we live really across the street, basically from like a, a place where you, a corner store essentially, because we live like in the heart of Houston, like really close to downtown. And sometimes Aaron will volunteer to go across to get like a snack or something. If we're, or if I want ice cream or like, if we're missing something, like one time we ran out of Sriracha and we need Sriracha, like it's very important in our household. Absolutely. And Aaron will be like, oh, I can just walk it to the corner store. And if it's like after dark, I'm like, you could get murdered. Like literally <laughs> there are people who park further away from our house to walk to, cause there's also a pub there. There's a British pub. And like, there are people walking from like way further to the pub, which I have walked to that pub before we lived here. I have gone to that pub before and walked there from like a way further apart street parking spot. And yet I live like right here and I'm like, okay, I know it's, you can literally see it from our house. It's right there, but like you could get murdered. Like we don't know who's out there. Yeah. <laughs> and Aaron's just like, um, honey, <laughs> like I'm going to be fine. I don't know why I think he's safer with me. I just, I don't know. I just, we're safer together. I know. I guess that's true. But I always think that he's like way safer with me. But also, like, I wouldn't go out at 3 a.m. by myself, especially not on the highway, because I mean, I'm not trying to get murdered despite all the bad choices that I've made. And yet, Aaron's like out there. Oh, yeah. But my, my highway story gets even worse. Oh, no. All right. So I think this part only happened once. I could be wrong. It may have happened more than once. But, um, for the Hardy Toll Road, like basically, you can pretty easily from where I lived, like walk down, like f- to where the actual highway itself is. It's mm-hmm. like not the overpass, but like you can kind of like walk down and like like you could walk on, like you could literally walk into the road if you oh, so desired. And so one day I was like, I wonder, like I was like, it's, I mean, it's literally three and there's no cars anywhere, and I'm just for some reason I'm feeling adventurous, right? And so I walk down to the side of the Hardy Toll Road. Yes. I, I do not go onto the toll road. I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't suicidal. I wasn't like that stupid. Oh, no. But like I literally, I walked down on like along, I was in like the grass alongside the highway. The I, grass? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. You yeah. can't even see what you're stepping on. I know. But I, that's, that, that, this happened. This, yeah. These are the decisions that I was making oh, at that time. So just to give you a, 
an idea of the decision-making qualities that I had. This was a thing that I did. And then I, I went, not for too long, I mean, maybe just a couple minutes. And then I was like, all right, I'm done. Because like, I knew that what I, I had a sense that what I was doing was vaguely unsafe. Yeah. Not to the level that I should have had. And I certainly did not do the cautious thing and not do that, which would have been obviously smart. But I did this. And then I turned around and I headed home and I was fine. But, I mean, murder. I yeah. mean, for real. Like, yeah, there's literally like a serial killer that operated on I-45. Yeah. And also, we live, now, we live very close to where Dean Coral was originally. Um, and so, I, I don't know, I just feel like sketch. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, honestly, like you say, a serial killer could have, like, pulled off the side of the road, pulled me into his car, and I'd be serial killed. Like, I'd be, I'd be gone. <laughs> Serial killed. I'd be serial killed. Yeah. That is bad. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So those are my, those are some of my nighttime walking around being unsafe stories. Yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. I do not do that anymore. I can confirm. Can confirm. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to tell my actual crime story. So this one is, is scary for me. So it's a stalking story. Do you love unraveling a good old-fashioned whodunit? Oh honey, me too. I'm Alicia, armchair detective and host of Dead On, a true crime podcast. Join me every Friday. We'll dive into a case that scratches your itch for true crime, dark history, and mystery. Streaming now, everywhere you love to listen. This is like a legit stalking story, like the kind you see on TV, but without like stabbing. So when I was 16, I met this guy. We're going to call him Derek. All right. I should have come up with the code name before. So we're going to call him Derek. So Derek worked with my best friend at the time. I wasn't into him. Like he conveyed to my friend that he wanted to date me and try to flirt with me and i just like wasn't feeling it we just didn't click you know he wasn't the kind of guy that i was interested in yeah and so he decided that he was going to keep pursuing this though so he talked to my friend and he found out every single thing about me and i did not know any of this was happening like i didn't know that he they were talking about me at work all day they worked together at a fast food place and essentially the entire time they had shifts together he would be asking questions about me like what color does she like what subjects does she like what books does she like what music does she like and so one day my best friend calls me and is like hey do you want to go to this like group hang out with me and some other people and so i said yes like that sounded like fun and you know i'm 16 i was kind of bored and i i at the time like my parents had a lot of rules and so my friend was just going to pick me up and then I was going to be able to hang out with her and some other people. Well, it ended up being just the three of us. And as I was talking to this guy, it turned out every single thing that I like, it just so happened was his favorite thing. Oh boy. Yeah. Which should have been a red flag because like I, my favorite band was a boy band and he also loved that boy band. And I didn't know, I did not know a single dude at the time that went to my high school that would admit to liking that boy band. Yeah. And so that should have been a red flag. Yeah, absolutely. That this guy was, you know, just telling me what I wanted to hear. Yeah. But, like, he would break out with stuff before I even said it and be like, oh, I just love this thing. And I'd be like, wow, that's my favorite, too. 
And so it wasn't like I was saying that I like something and then he said me too. It's like sometimes he was bringing it up. So it felt like it was true. Yeah. Because I didn't know that he had talked to my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Which is creepy once you know the context mm-hmm. of it. Oh, yeah. So I start thinking, wow, I misjudged this guy. Like, he's my soulmate because we have every single thing in common ever. So I agree to go out with him and we started dating. And our relationship wasn't the best. Like, there were a lot of, like, little things that would happen. Like, one thing that stood out in hindsight is that every single person in his life, from, like, his parents to his sister to his friends... Every single person in his life absolutely hated me. Oh, that's a red flag. Yeah, and that's really weird for me because I was weird as a kid, or as a teen even, even now I'm weird. But, like, I was also the kind of person that adults usually liked in particular and that people didn't find threatening because I was super nerdy. Like, I was um, one of the students that was closer to the top of my class and, like, always in the top ten. I graduated fifth in my class but I also had a, a total meltdown senior year. And so that I could have, I was higher going into senior year. I was in like the math team, the science team, and the debate club. I did all, I did drama club. I did all the clubs at school. I was a huge dork. And I was very straight laced as a team and tended to be kind of like, like a rule follower. Like I'm, I'm a kind of person that needs to understand rules, but I also like as a teen, I pretty much listened. And so most adults thought I was like the best thing that ever happened to them. Cause I also had kind of like a little trauma response where I wouldn't really like talk back usually. Like I, I kind of cowered at the time. And so that it just made me a dream to be around as, as like for an adult at least. And then like other kids like usually didn't like, like see me as like a threat if that makes sense. Like I'm not the kind of person that's going to come in and like, be the hottest one or whatever or like the kid that is stealing the attention away from everyone like as, as I am a performer but like I don't know I feel like I give as much as I get if that makes sense yeah. and so it was weird to me just to have all these people especially the parents hate me because every single person I'd ever tried to go out with before had been like wow Danielle's the best person for our person our, our our kid like thank you for existing so to have this guy, this guy's parents actively hate me, it was so weird. And shortly after we started dating, my car actually got vandalized. Oh. And like shaving cream, silly string, toilet paper all over it, like things written on my car, like stupid bitch whore and things like that. There was a note, a threatening note on my car and calling me a bitch and a whore and like telling me to stay away from him and all kinds of shit. And I was like freaked out. Like, what the hell? And it turns out it was like his friends and his sister had come over to my house at night while I was sleeping and done this to my car. And so we all talked about it and I just, it came out of nowhere. Like it was weird. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Yeah. So that was one of the early red flags. Another one was, um, in October, which was a couple months after we started dating, it was his birthday. And I found out at his birthday party that, because his parents were being like really, really rude to me. And his mom was saying some things that I thought were really inappropriate. I found out that they had found a condom in his room. And he apparently, what he told me is that he had used it to masturbate. Because we weren't having sex. We weren't having sex at all. Like I was a virgin. And he told me later that, because I asked him about it. Because his mom, like... His mom was basically accusing me of having sex with her son and being this, like, devilish girl. 
which is was insane because again at the time i was a virgin yeah and he revealed that he had masturbated into the condom just because he thought it would be convenient and it would feel cool which is feels like a lie because like guys hate condoms as per my experience with guys i mean you should wear them still if you need to depending on your situation but you know like a lot most guys are like are whiny hoes about it so like it's kind of weird that he would do that. I don't know exactly what the what really happened, but I know it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And but this like added to the whole situation that was surrounding all of this. Then the next red flag. This is when we're still together. This isn't even the stalking part, guys. Uh, I find out from school because my friend, my best friend, was in a class that was like a nursing class, and my school and his school because he went to a different neighboring school. They shared this one class in order to save money. And so she was meeting a lot of people from his school and they like started asking about me when they found out that she, that we were best friends because he had told a whole bunch of rumors to everyone at his school, everyone at his church, everyone that he knew in terms of his family and friends and had been telling them all kinds of stuff that I was like this edgy biker babe that like, yeah, which is so wild. <laughs> and that I like drank and did drugs and that like I was really slutty and had sex with all these people and that I was like wild and all kinds of stuff. And like those things I don't think are wild, but he enhanced a lot of this. Like this was like a, a that's the G version of the things that he was saying about me. Yeah. And also we were 16 and in like a small town. So like any of these rumors created a problem. In well, yeah. my life. Especially when they're not true. Yeah. So it was like wild to find out that like in reality, here I am this like super nerd. And then like having all these, these things come out, it was just insane. So I confronted him about it. And what ended up happening is we, we broke up and got back together a couple times. And again, it was like so toxic, but it really took me a long time to realize that I needed to like stand up for myself and not accept toxic. Yeah, for real. And as a 16-year-old, I was, like, way far away from learning that lesson. So, like, way far away. Like, nowhere close. So, eventually, we broke up for good. And that is when the stalking started. At first, it was just him doing things like driving by, trying to come into where I worked, trying to call me, that kind of thing. That's where it starts. Yeah, that's where it started. And my mom, he had a very identifiable car like it was literally the only one like that where we lived and it was had some damage on it because he was like he was really irresponsible with the driving like one time to scare me he drove down the side of an overpass and i like was worried that there wouldn't even be a side because sometimes they don't have one yeah like the grassy area like he he like sped down it like he whipped the car off the road just to scare the shit out of me because he was mad holy crap yeah and so like that's the kind of shit that he would do so like his car though had damage from doing stuff like that and it was like a unique color like it was very obvious that it was his car and so he would drive by our house and my mom used to talk on the phone and like smoke and stuff outside because my mom smoked and she didn't want to smoke in our house ever and so she would spend a lot of time out there on the porch. Plus, I think she just liked talking out there. And, like, sometimes if she didn't have anybody to talk to, she would just read a book. Because she, I think she just didn't want to be in the house. Yeah. So she would be out there, like, late into the night. And she would see him all the time. And sometimes he would stop or say something or whatever. And so this went on for a while. But then it got really fucked up. Because he actually threw a cinder block through my windshield. 
Oh, dang. Yeah. Like, in the middle of the night, I was sleeping because it was like, I want to say it was like one or two in the morning. I was asleep and my dad was asleep. This is like right before school started back up. And my brother and my mom were both awake because my mom used to stay up and like really late into the night, like three, five, three to five a.m. Like she, for a long time, for like this, the like latter part of her life, she would stay up until like five a.m. and then sleep from like five until like three p.m. or five p.m. or something, and then she'd get up and like that's kind of how she lived her life. Like she had some depression that really influenced her with that, so. She was like, she was up and Ben was up, and they both witnessed like his car screeching off. But they, because they heard, they heard what happened. Yeah. Ran outside and saw like the end back of his car, and he again he had like a really identifiable car. So my mom called the cops. Like I had to actually get out of bed where I had been asleep for a little while to go talk to the police about what was happening and like what my they were telling them what they saw, and. The police, like when he, they, they went to go talk to him, and he was like, "No, she probably broke her own windshield because she's crazy." What? Yeah, and I was like, "Officers, like when they were re-questioning us, I was literally in bed. Like you saw me get up, yeah. and my my mom and my brother witnessed what happened. Like it was physically impossible for me to have done it. Yeah, and it's just insanity that like they would even entertain that. So." Originally, my dumbass thought that somehow they could get fingerprints or something, but they did no investigating. Like they took the cinder block, but nothing happened. Yeah. So my parents ended up having to to get my windshield replaced, and they didn't have a lot of money at the time, so or ever really, and so we had to save up to get the the windshield replaced. And I want to mention, by the way, that this was senior year, and so I was seventeen at the time that happened, and I had started dating the guy at sixteen, and we only dated for a few months. Like I think it was like less than six months so like he at that point had been stalking me for like eight months after we broke up wow yeah so like that it's like a long time yeah so my so that's that happens that's the center block story then not long after this he broke into my car oh yeah and we ended up, I ended up still driving myself and my brother to school, but it was like really scary. I had called my parents out there and it was like, and it was, he had left a note or whatever. Like he, it was, it was definitely him. This time we didn't see him, but he left like telltale signs. It was him. And then plus there was things in the car to steal and he didn't take them. Like, does that, if oh, that yeah. makes sense? Oh, like yeah. it wasn't a robber. Like there was literally like, I had money in my golf compartment because I was really irresponsible. Like, you know, I was a teenager. I didn't know about crime. And so, like, it was very obvious that, like, he did it. And so, we had gone to the police or to the police after school. My mom took me. Because my mom was really worried that he would try to put something in my car. Like, that he would maybe get some, like, weed or something and put it in my car and then call the cops. Yeah. Because the cops down there would have, like, totally gone crazy about that. Oh, yeah. So, we go to the police. We're going to the police. We're, like, trying to talk about everything that's happening. We, My mom had been keeping track of some of the stuff that had gone on. And so, she's like, look, here's, I saw him, th- this is his car going by, you know, this is the whole, this is what happened in the center block, this is what happened with the note last time, like, here's all these things, like, we have evidence that he's been stalking her. Because, like, he even brought his prom date by my house, like, it was a lot of things. Dude, can you imagine if you, if your prom date brought you to some other girl's house yeah. that he's, that he's stalking, mm-hmm. even if you didn't know you're stalking her, like, yeah. that would be, like, the weirdest prom ever. Yeah, it was fucking wild. So, 
the cops listened to all this. And at first we thought they were going to help, but then it turns out they just talked to him. And again, he tried to blame me for it. And they were like, we, it's a, he said, she said, and we were so upset because literally they wouldn't do anything to help. And like, he would still do it. Like even after we called the cops, he, the next day he would be at our house. That's crazy. Yeah. And so he would park sometimes across the street. It was wild. So, so we, he continued driving past and like calling and stuff and spread the stories and the, the stalking continued for a while, but at least he didn't do anything to my car for a little while. But then near the end of senior year, he had gotten his college age girlfriend pregnant because he was also a senior, but he was dating a freshman girl at a local community college and she got pregnant with his baby. And I did not care about this. I found out mostly because my friend told me about it because she still worked with him. So one day at school, one of our family members who went to my school comes up to me as I'm walking to my car in the parking lot and is yelling at me, threatening me, acting completely crazy and saying that I need to leave this guy alone. And it turns out that he had been telling them that he was like trying to like, that he was like still talking to me and that I was talking with him and that like we might get back together and all kinds of stuff. And that I was still messing around with him. I had not seen him aside from the stalking since we broke up. Like I think the day we broke up was like the, the last time that I saw him, I think they actually broke up over the phone. So I think it was like the last time was a couple days before the official breakup. And then aside from just him stalking me, I had not seen him in all of that time. So like what? Yeah. That's ridiculous. And I didn't want anything to do with him. And it, but it turns out that he had been telling people that I was like trying to like get him to break up with his baby mama and get back with me. Which is insane because everyone knows that I've been trying to get him to leave me the hell alone. Yeah, legit. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was super scary, though, because now I have people at my school who are, like, all worked up and feel like I'm trying to, like, be a homewrecker or something as a senior in high school. And they're, like, willing to threaten me over this. So now I'm afraid at school. So the next thing that happens besides, again, besides the driving and the calling is that I got a job at a local Walmart when I was 18. Now, keep in mind, if you recall, we dated when I was 16. And I didn't get the Walmart job until after I graduated. So I was like, I had been 18 for like six months. Like, it's like a long time. Like, it's basically like, it's a while after we broke up. So he finds out that I work at the Walmart. Like, he sees me up there one day. And then he just starts coming up there and harassing me. And, like, there would be days when we weren't busy when he would just circle my register. Dude, that is crazy. Yeah, like, he would literally, and he would stare at me and, like, try to say stuff to me. It was so scary. Yeah, legit, that's nuts. And I felt like I couldn't do anything about it. Like, now I feel like I would try to report him, but, like, as an 18-year-old, he was a customer. It didn't feel like I could say anything, so, like, he would just harass me. And I was very afraid. And he also was still driving by the house and he would try to like call me or also send me friend requests and stuff like that. Then I ended up moving. So I moved about 30 minutes away and I got a different job. I was working, I was working at the vision center inside of a different Walmart while I was going to college. And I thought I was okay. I thought I was like kind of free of this guy because it seemed like I lived far away from him. Even though now that doesn't seem like that far. One day, though, a lady walks by and stops in front of the vision center and she stares at me. And it took me a minute, but then I realized that it was his mom. 
Oh, uh-oh. Yeah. So she starts walking over. Like, she had basically been walking out of the store, sees me, freezes, walks over. Once I recognized her, I ran into the lab. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, like where you, like, assembled glasses and did all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I I hid in there until she left. Like, she tried to talk to, to the other co-workers and, like, look around like she was looking for something, but... In the end, she didn't buy anything, and she gave up, and she left. Literally, the very next day, the stalker guy showed up at the vision center and tried to talk to me. Oh, man. She done told him where you were. Yeah, she literally went home and told him where I was. I apologize for our cat. Our cat is very upset because we took a box away from her today. Yep, it's a tragedy. Anyway, so that was the last time that I saw him, but I did see his parents one more time after we were together when I did... We went to go see my mom and my mom. It was my mom and my mom's birthday. And we went out to dinner. This was like right before COVID, I think. We went out to dinner for it. And it just so happened that they were there. And fortunately, he didn't come. I was like a little worried they were going to call him. Because that's the kind of shit they would do. And they fortunately did not. But it was so, so scary. Like the whole experience. Like... Every once in a while, like, even, even like, as an adult, there's been moments when I've gotten friend requests from him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's it still, like, freaks me out, like, every time. Like, obviously, I do not accept them. But I think he's pretty much done stalking me. But there was also a moment where, after I had graduated and I was working at the Walmart and I was trying to, st- I was still dealing with his bullshit, when one of my friends from high school that we were kind of frenemies in a way, but only because she didn't like me, not because I liked her. I didn't like her because I didn't have that feeling towards, you know, like I was just kind of acquaintance friends with her. She like had, she started sleeping with him while he was still with that, with the girl that he had gotten pregnant. Oh wow. They eventually broke up Yeah, because he was cheating on her with like everybody. Yeah. And so he was having, she was having sex with him and then she was like, yeah, now I've got him, like, all proud of herself, like, that she had stolen him. And I'm like, I literally am being stalked by him, and I'm trying to get away from him. Like, Yeah, I'm like, can you take him and get him away from yeah, me? Yeah, like, oh, my God, guys. Like, I'm actively trying to get away. Like, I've called the cops on him I don't know how many times, and y'all are, why do y'all even listen to him? I know, right? That's the craziest part of all of this, is that I am trying to get away from this man, and there are people just being like, why are you still talking to him? I have him blocked on everything. I know, right? What is going on? Anyway, it was so scary. I literally thought I was going to get murdered. Like, after he broke into my car, when I was at the police department, and I started crying. I just started crying when they wouldn't help me, and I was like, I'm literally afraid I'm going to get murdered. Yeah. I mean, that's a scary situation. Yeah. Stalking is very serious. For real. This dude is crazy, mm-hmm. and, like, they wouldn't help you. That sucks. It does suck. And I'm sure that's the experience that a lot of people have. Legit. It's legit. It's so yeah. scary. So I do have another I mean, story that's less sad. Wow, this this one has actually ended up being a much longer episode than I expected. But I do have one more thing. Let's because, do it. Okay, so this one's really, really short. And it's not as, like, dramatic as the stalker story. But I have had a bad history of going to dudes' houses that I met online. So as young as when I was, like, 18, my fr- this is not the story, but as an example... When I was a freshman in college, this is probably one of the more dangerous times, I left to go to school one day, but instead of going to school, which I, when my parents thought I was going to school, because my first year of college, I lived at home with my parents, and 
they thought I was going to school. But instead, I went to some random dude's house that I had met on a local classifieds website. Not even like Facebook or MySpace or any of those sites. Literally like a local classifieds website where people were just posting personals. And like, I want to get with somebody like type things. And I spent the whole day over there. And did not get murdered, thankfully. Yeah. But I was having a manic episode in my defense. And um, a lot of these incidents happened during manic episodes. But that was like probably the first time I went to some random guy's house. And realized later that I could have been murdered. Because especially in that case, literally nobody knew where I was. And if they had like... If if he had tried to like keep me or something, they wouldn't have even know where to start looking, I don't think. Because everyone thought I was at school. That was the last place they knew that I went. So that was an oopsie. But there were a couple of other times during online dating that I went to a guy's house. One of the times was one of my exes. And I had told him prior to this that I wasn't going to his house as a first meeting. But then once we had the meetup, like by the time we got to the point where we were meeting up, we had been talking for like two weeks. And again, I went to his house like an idiot. I went straight to the house and... He also was a dumbass, though, because he, like, for some reason, he had body odor when I got there. Like, I think he had been, like, cleaning up or something and just did not take a shower. So, I asked him to take a shower before our date because I was like, you sneak. Because apparently, that's like, I won't make fun of your dick, but I will make fun of how mad you smell. Because I have a very sensitive nose. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's no fun going out with somebody that smells Yeah, I wasn't rude about it, but I did ask him to take a shower. And then as I was sitting in his house and he was in the shower, I was like, you know... I could be a criminal. Like, he literally, as soon as he realized that in order to go on the date with me, he had to take a shower, he was like, yeah, 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 you know, all eager to go take go to the, on the date. And as I was sitting in his living room, I was like, I could literally just, like, rob him or, like, invite another person in here to come murder him. Like, yeah. like he really should do better. And when he came out, I was like, hey, just so you know, like, I could have been a murderer or a robber and... Um, there was like a moment where I think he reconsidered our relationship, but, (laughs) but anyway, that was like a wild moment, but that's not the one I want to tell you about. So one time I had met this guy online that I thought was my friend. Like I wasn't trying to date him at the time. I literally was just trying to be friends with him. And I was having kind of a hard time in my life and having a bit of a meltdown. And I really didn't feel like I had anybody that I could talk to and that I could trust. And I was having a lot of people not really hearing me and like wanting to just shut me down and stuff. And so this guy seemed like he was the only one who was listening to me. Now, later on, I discovered that he was a fuck boy and that he was just like making me think he was listening to me, but he just seemed like he was the only one who was there for me. And so I decided in the heat of the moment and probably seriously influenced by a manic episode that I would drive like four and a half hours from where I lived to where he lived in San Antonio and spent a few days over there to try to get some clarity and to have a friend that was going to be able to talk to me and help me figure out what the hell was going on in my life. So I literally have in my car, no plans, no plans to go here, not even really fully telling everybody where I'm going. And there's a lot of times where I didn't tell people where I was going and I drive to go meet this, to go meet this guy. And again, where did I go to? His house. His house. I went to his house. It was an apartment. But yeah, I went all the way to his house. So that's where we're meeting up. So I go to the house and 
I get there, it's like late at night. That's also part of it. I think it was like maybe midnight or so. Like it was hella late. So I get there and he opens the door. And again, I think I'm there for a supportive friend. And he immediately tries to hug me and tries to start, like, like he's going to kiss me. Oh, wow. And I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, be like, slow down. Yeah, like, there has been an oopsie. We are literally friends. Like, I'm not even thinking that I'm even, like, flirting with this guy. So I'm, like, trying to kind of put my hands out, like, no, no, no. Like, this isn't what's happening. He's confused. Also kind of drunk. Apparently he'd been drinking while I was driving. I was, I was fine, obviously. Like, yeah. I had not had any alcohol. Yeah. Okay, like, he's at ha- his house. He can drink if he wants to. Although, probably not the best thing when you're having someone come over. Yeah. So, we have this misunderstanding where, like, apparently, I thought I was driving over there to have this, like, nice talk. And, like, I was going to get some clarity. He thought that I was DTF and that we were going to have some sexy hot times. So, after, like, a brief period of the fuck... I explained what was up, and he kind of acted like he was like, oh, like, he was disappointed, but he was, like, on board with this. Okay. But he then tried to do it again, like, a few minutes later. <laughs> like, and I was really worried. I was like, oh, my God, like, is this guy about to assault me? Like, I am literally at this random person's house. Like, I don't know anything about him. Yeah, a lot of true crime stories go that way, too. Exactly. Yeah. I could totally be a murderer. I'm not... Or, I'm being murdered. Yeah. I mean, I guess I could be a murderer, too. Like, it's probably dumb for him as well. But, I mean, I feel like it's dumber for me, right? Yeah, because you're, you're in unknown territory. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, yeah. So, there had been an oopsie. And we had both definitely had a misunderstanding. We did stay friends, though. And then I tried to date him later. Because um, I'm smart. <laughs> Make good choices there. It did not go well. Yeah. And also, that's how I learned that he was a fuckboy. <laughs> but, yeah, that was a wild a wild experience that I had. And also, later on, was like, oh, my God, I could have died. Yeah, very easily. This was actually before the shower guy. And that was partly why I told shower guy that we weren't going to go to his house. Also, I had told him that I didn't want him to try to kiss me at all because I'd had this horrible experience with the first guy. And then, you wouldn't believe it, but when I went into his house... He tried to kiss you. He, tr- well, I'm sorry. He waited. He did show me that he had a house. He showed me the the different rooms, and then he tried to kiss me. Ah, of course. And then I was mad, and it was terrible. It was terrible. I should have just broken up with him right then. Yeah. But also, because also he didn't respect my boundaries. But I was so mad. I was like, "Are you kidding me? Like, I didn't even pretend to be chill about it. It's like I literally told you not to do that. What the hell? But yeah. Also. You're not going to believe this, but, like, not long after that, we broke up, me and that guy. Yeah. I went to a whole other dude's house. <laughs> to be fair, I went on the date first, and then I just went home with him. We did not have sex that night, but um, I did go to his house, and I was, like, as I was sitting in the house, and he was playing guitar, I was, like, didn't we talk about this? We literally talked about this. Like, to myself, I talked to myself and was, like, bitch, you got to stop going to these people's houses. You have dodged a lot of bullets. You're going to get murdered. Stop going there. And then as I'm sitting in the house again, I'm like, okay, like, is this just what we're going to do now? Like, are you just going to keep going to these houses until you get murdered? You know what I've noticed, though? When, you're, when you go on a date with a lady, they don't usually invite you to their house the first day. Yeah. Oh, I forgot one more story. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm so sorry that all these are dating stories, everyone. If you are still listening to this, this one's actually another one that kind of feels crimey. 
Okay, so I had matched with this guy on OkCupid. And one day I was really bored and I was like, hey, you want to meet up? And I was like, we can meet at the mall because that's a safe place, right? I was going to make good choices. We can meet at the mall. And he's like, yeah, that sounds amazing. Well, between me getting ready and like going to the mall, he sent me like a thousand text messages about how I was beautiful and that I was heaven sent and I was like the woman he'd been waiting for and that he was already in love with me. We have not met yet. We've barely chatted. These were red flags. And like, oh, yeah. And by this point, all the other stuff like graveyard guy had already happened. All the other dudes that I'd gone to their houses had happened. Like all this other, all this other stuff had happened. This was like right before I met Aaron, and so I had really started to be more judicious about this and be. I had like found myself a lot more. I still wasn't like a hundred percent like making good choices, but I was really solid with my choices by this point. And so I recognized the red flags this time, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is a lot of red flags." And so I let him know, I was like, I don't want to meet up anymore. Like, I'm getting some red flags from you, and here's what they are. Like, I just was, like, really honest about it. Like, I'm not trying to insult you. You seem like a nice person, but, like, you're really coming on too strong, and I don't think that you can have these feelings when we haven't even met, and it's just really throwing me off, and I just don't feel comfortable going out with you anymore. But, like, I wish you the best. And, of course, he was, like, pathetic for a little while. And then what ended up happening is we ended up staying friends because I'm that was – I fucked up, Okay. So I'm like occasionally would text back and forth with this guy and encourage each other and all kinds of stuff. Several, like a while passes, right? And so I'm like, oh, this guy seems like he's done a lot better. I've done a lot better. Like we're kind of talking still. And I start to be like, maybe we're having this connection. Maybe we should try going on a date. Like maybe we're ready. And like, I feel like he matured a lot. So we go on our first date and it seemed kind of nice. We went to this like, uh, we went to spring... What's it called? Old Town Spring? Mm -hmm. This area that's like near Houston that's called Old Town Spring where it's like a bunch of little like cottagey type shops and like antiques and like just cute bullshit. There's like a coffee shop over there too that's really cute. So we went there. We had some coffee and we like looked at all the cute bullshit stores and like it went really well and he's like, I have this, I own my own house and I like to grow roses and I'm not creepy and I'm like, oh cool, this guy might actually be legit. So I agreed to have him. To, we were going to go on another date. And I wanted to meet at the mall that time. But somehow in between, there's like a week between our first date and the second date. Somehow he manipulated the situation to where he was going to come over to my house and watch movies first. Which again, red flag. But somehow I went along with this. And he had won like a, a $100 bottle of champagne, according to him, from like his place of work at like a holiday party. And he wanted to split the bottle of champagne. And he's like, and I was at the time, I was like really broke. And I was like, it might be nice to have like a $100 bottle of champagne. So I let this dude come over like an idiot to my apartment, which I share with my cat, Catsby, the one that you keep hearing scream at us. Um, she has a loud meow. She sounds like a baby when she cries. Um, so Catsby and I are like living here at this, at this house alone, apartment I should say. And he, sh he comes over. I don't know what happened. I've had a champagne a lot in my life. And I know that it does tend to make you a little tipsy, but I was under the impression that I only had half a bottle of champagne. I was out of it. Like, I really felt like I was drugged. I was loopy. I was, and he kept trying to, like, initiate sex, essentially, is what he was doing. And I wasn't trying to do that. Like, I was not wanting to do that. And so I'm, like, trying to get him to leave me alone. And I, like, literally, it was, like, hard for me to move. Like, I was, like, 
my limbs were heavy. It, I was like loopy. It was just a whole experience. And so I managed to like get into the bathroom and I called someone and was able to have them be like, look, I'm aware of what you're doing and I'm over, I'm going to come over to the house. Like you need to leave because she wants you to go. And he kept being all crazy about how like I was ruining the date and like I was leading him on and it's my fault and all kinds of stuff. But eventually because I had this other person involved, even though they were on the phone, he agreed to go because like, I think at that point he knew that even if he managed to get away with doing something, he like, they would know it was him. And like, I have at this point called and said that like, I think he's drugged me and I'm scared. And so like, he was going to get in trouble at this point. So he ended up leaving and he sent me a bunch of crazy messages. He also briefly kind of, I don't want to say stalked because he like, it wasn't the same as the other guy who was like constantly, literally constantly stalking me, but he, more like he just harassed me via like messenger for a while. Like he would send me these long, crazy messages for a long time about how everything was my fault and how I like let him on and how like I like hurt his feelings or like I ruined things or like I destroyed him. And like he, like he doesn't want to apologize because of just how terrible I am for like being such a tease and all kinds of stuff like that. And it was, it was really shitty, but that was like probably one of the scarier ones. It might've been scarier than the stalking one because I won't know for sure if I was drugged because I did not go to like a hospital, but I've never, ever, ever had that experience with champagne again. And just how heavy my limbs felt was really the scariest part. Yeah, that is very scary. And so, yeah, so that one was a really scary one too. And also if you're listening, make safe choices. Like don't be like me. I feel like that that's one of the things, though, that just tying this back to the whole podcast in general, I feel like I have a lot of empathy for some of the people and some of these stories because I think it's easy for us to, like, look at someone who goes on a Tinder date and agrees to, like, be tied up because we've had we've done a case like that where someone went on a Tinder date and agreed to be tied up and then got murdered or goes and meets, you know, a, a Tinder date at their house or, like, goes out at night whenever it's like really dark in a sketchy area and they get assaulted it's so easy to be like oh my god then you know like why would you do that or like oh you just don't go on tinder dates or whatever but we've all done stuff like that yep like not always the same stuff but like i know i've been to a lot of i've done a lot of going to people's houses or having people come over that i shouldn't have done and i know like and you know that you've gone out in the middle of the night and like been in a dangerous part of town like in terms of the highway, not because of the people there, but that where there there have been people that were serial killers along that highway. It's, there's no one to see you at 3 a.m. It's dark. And yeah, there's no cameras. There's no cameras. And, like, we've just gotten lucky. Like, we've just not had anything happen. But it could just as easily have happened. Yep, that's right. Or I could have, have not managed to get to the bathroom. Maybe he just didn't give me as much drug as he thought. Also, I am fortunate in that... I know that I do tend to not have drugs be as effective on me. I know that from me- mental health medications and like how much my medications had to be adjusted all the time. Like I, my body tends to like not be as like affected by drugs a lot of times. So maybe that's what it was. Could be. And I just got really lucky, but regardless, you know, these are scary experiences and I feel like we've all been there. Yeah, we have. And 
it just sucks that like there's people in the world that are criminals that like take normal oopsie daisy you know not great choices that we all make and then like turn them into crimes that's right well i hope that you enjoyed this personal episode as you may have noticed i've been listening to a lot of podcasts where people tell personal horror stories and this made me think that this would be a good idea for this week when I didn't have time to make an episode. Yeah. So let us know what you think. We might could do more. I don't know. We might also could do some that weren't crime related because I'm, I like to talk. So we can talk about some other things if you want to. Otherwise, uh, we're hoping you're having a great week. It's fall. Finally. It's, it's finally fall. It's about to be October. And also, we hope that everyone in Florida is safe. We have a yes. bunch of friends in Florida, and I'm just worried, sick about everybody. We know what it's like to be fucked over by a hurricane. We're looking at you, Hurricane Harvey. I know, right? <laughs> and Hurricane Ike, because where I, I where I was living at the time of Ike got jacked up. Yep. And so, yeah. Anyway, we hope you had a great time. We'll see you later. We'll be back soon with an actual case. And also, if you are missing a case and you're like, man, I really miss Danielle and Aaron talking about crime case this week, go to our Patreon. We have so many. I mean, we're about to record a Patreon case in just a moment. That's an actual whole ass case. So if you want to listen to that, go to Patreon. Wah, wah. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.